This episode is brought to you by Summer School Electronics. With pedals like the Snow Day Delay, the Pep Rally Fuzz, the Trash Panda, and my personal favorite, the Science Fair, which is two classic dirt pedals in one with a mid-boosted overdrive on one side, a black lab rat circuit on the other, and a blend knob to blend between them to find the perfect classic stacked dirt sound you're looking for, it's hard not to find something you'll love. Mark builds all of his pedals by hand in Syracuse, New York, where he also works as a full-time educator. In addition to the super fun graphics on their pedals, Mark also offers custom artwork. Want your dog's face on a pedal? He can do it. Want your face on a pedal? He can make that happen too. Go over to summerschoolelectronics.com and make sure to tell them that 40 Watt Podcast sent you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome 40 Watt Podcast. Hey, y'all. I know it's been a couple of weeks. How y'all been? Y'all good? Everything okay? Okay, just checking because my life has been crazy. I'm not going to go into crazy details, not going to give you all the, all the ins and outs of my personal life, but just had stuff that kind of was real important. So I've been out of commission for a couple of weeks. Um, not me personally, just taking care of some things, you know, family stuff. And, um, Really excited to be back, though. I've kind of like re-energized over the couple of weeks I've been gone. It's not like last year when I took a couple of weeks off and I came back kind of down. Um, I was still kind of droll. And this, I'm, I'm like ready to go, like ready to rock. So uh, this week, I'm super excited um, about the guests. But first, we're going to talk about Patreon. Patreon supporters, thank you so much. We talked about you at the top of the episode. I'm going to make a point to read out your names at the beginning because I... I somehow forget at the by the end of the episode. So we're going to thank you at the top of the show. Bradley Jones, Jordan Galash, Duncan Watson, Andy Johns, David Evangelista from the Guitar Dads podcast, Blake Jefferson, Nick Call, Andrew Hensley, Alan Gresham, Dan Pilver of Lewitt Microphones, Scott Hamilton of the Effects Loop podcast, Andy Koning, Jim Burns, Tom Kelly, Heath Bat, Ben Fair of Electromotive Sound Company, Rick Calhoun of Honey Picks, Jeffrey Walks, and Kyle Harris. Thank you all for your support. Uh, those of you that have been with me for over a year consecutively should have gotten by now your care package that includes a custom honey pick with the 40 watt logo. I cannot get my camera to completely focus on it, but there were some stickers and pins and all sorts of fun stuff. Thank you for your support. I really appreciate it. Moving on. I'm not, I got a, I got a review once, Hillary, that said, uh, uh, he's too Patreon pushy. I mentioned mention it once. One time. Okay. How, How dare you? dare I try not to go broke making this podcast? <laughs> it's like, th- that's the thing about podcasting. As you do it more, it costs more. Because, oh, you're uploading more content. Or, oh, it's downloaded right. more. And it's like, it costs me more to do it. But we're moving on. So I've got Hillary Jones from the Midriff podcast, which I can't just not say Midriff. It's like, I know that's intentional. I realize that's a play on words. It's really fun. Um, but I think it's like, I don't even know that that's different. I think it's kind of the same thing, Yeah, I thing, think right? so. But it's like, but, but because I read it more than I've heard it, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Midriff, Midriff. It's, You're not talking about like crop tops a lot I mean, or anything? I or? mean, they're not in style currently, but you know, eventually... The, you think I they're think back? they are. I think they are. Maybe not for you. I mean, you should really consider it though, because it's. A, maybe I have. It's a I haven't worn one you. since high school football, but I really liked it back then. That was a yeah. thing. That was that was the look. See, see. Uh, I, right what back. I don't have is the confidence I had as a seventeen-year-old playing football. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't have that anymore. Fair. Fair. I feel like that's <laughs> that's a statement. If you're willing to go out wearing that, it I is. don't care what your physique is. You're making a statement about your confidence. So. Maybe I'll get there one day. I mean, I, I play big guitars intentionally because I need to hide as much mm. as of me as I can is the way I always feel like it's as I've gotten older, I've gotten more self-conscious. And so I'm like, nope, let me, is there something bigger than a 335? Is there something bigger? I, I need that <laughs> guitar. <laughs> so, but no, so you've got this really great podcast and, and I've been following your Instagram channel um, for, for a while now on Instagram, it's what I mostly knew you from. Cause I was an Instagram, you know, lurker. I never comment on anything, but I would, you know, even years before I was doing the podcast. So let's do the thing where we tell our listeners who somehow don't know who you are. don't know your story. How'd you get into guitar? How'd you get into making music? And how'd you get into doing a podcast about it? 
Yeah, so I started playing when I was 14 um, in 1994 for, you know, people who want to do some <laughs> math. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, big into Nirvana at the time. And that was, I, you know, I wanted to play like Kurt Cobain. And that was kind of how I got into playing. That was, that's, that's it. And then, um, you know, just wow. couldn't stop. Okay, that's pretty, that's, so yeah. if listeners, if you do the math, that's the same math for me. So we I can relate, which is really funny, mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. Or at least very, very similar math, you know, depending on I turned 14 in 94. So um, at some point during that, actually late in that year, I'm a December baby. So I was barely, barely 14 in 94. I feel this is interesting because I so a lot of my friends that I've met, not as much my guitar playing friends that are local because Mississippi is a weird place. And I grew up in a weird like Hmm. all of my friends were either into like super pop country, Hmm. um, Mm -hmm. 90s hip hop. Or they mm-hmm. were into like the very early stages of Americana and like like the alt country oh. stuff that was starting to happen and and like the Wilco and the Sun yeah. Bolt and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, yep. And blues blues for me came later. That's a whole other podcast about Mississippi Delta and Clarksdale and how it yeah. how the relationship with the blues there is. But when I was a kid, the blues and Clarksdale, although they were tied, were not talked about. So I didn't really experience that. But a right. lot of my guitar playing friends that I've met through the podcast or by traveling and playing, that grunge movement was so big for them. And like, I missed it entirely. Like it ah. skated right by me. So yeah, yeah, where, yeah. where'd you grow up? Where'd know. you grow up? Fargo, I've North Dakota. Fargo. I, I'm going to, I'm going to give my really insulting. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So we, I, I actually went there for listeners that know I am a, I'm a librarian. It's what I do in my day job. And my first and only experience with Fargo, North Dakota was I went to a library conference in Fargo, North Dakota in September. Sweet. Um, yeah, that, that's a good, a good time. Good it's not time. too hot. It yeah. actually was great for, you know, Mississippi yep. boy to get to somewhere. It wasn't 110 degrees. Um, <laughs> but it was like, I was like, oh yeah, Fargo, that's awesome. I've I've not actually seen the movie. I've seen parts of it and I've had it described to me so much. I feel like I've seen it. Um, But I got there and I'm like, there's supposed to be a lot of people that live here. Where are they all? Like I had this (laughs) in Fargo where I'm like, I'm trying to think of where it was like a convention center in a hotel, like a hotel attached to a can. I don't know. There were like, how many of us were there? Like a thousand of us. So it didn't have to be a big, massive okay. convention center. It was across the street from yeah, a mall. Yeah. I remember walking over to the mall and, yes. okay. and looking yes. around. I was, oh, because the, the mall had a Stan Musial Museum, baseball museum in it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tiny. So, yep. um, mm-hmm. Yeah. There just weren't a lot of people there. And it's like Fargo's thing is north of normal. I was like, eh, it's all right. That, that's my slogan for it. But no, it was, uh, it was a fun time. Yeah. Um, so Fargo, North yeah. Dakota. Um not Pacific Northwest, not California, not so. And I realize obviously Nirvana was huge, but what drew you to that? Because I, like I said, I missed it. I actually, last year I took a month and devoted it to listening to all the grunge music I missed. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Was it like grunguary? Like I hope it I had a didn't, name. but I missed uh. an opportunity there. Oh my. Okay. Boy, I, you I might did, have to do my, it again. My, my New uh. Year's resolution last year was to listen to an album a day. And so for oh, the first cool. month for January, I went back and listened to as a as a blues musician, I went back and listened mm-hmm. to all the blues albums that are those quintessential albums that I never actually went mm-hmm. back and listened to, even though I've played these songs. Yeah. I've played in bands or p- with blues guys who played these songs. And in some right. cases, I've played with the guys on those albums or n- maybe not the maybe not the headliner. But, you know, I know the guy that played drums on this yeah. album. Yeah. Right, like the session. And so I did that, yeah. and then February mm-hmm. was grunge, and I really should have called it grungeary, and I missed an opportunity. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's it, – I I don't know. I just – you know, it was on MTV. That's that's really it. On the radio. I, that's that's how I got into it. It was it was very popular. Yeah. I, I, I've just – I you know I, I that's don't know. how I'm so confused that I missed it. That's that's the confusing part. I I don't know how you could. I I'm also yeah, confused. No, I well confused. I also didn't take up guitar until I was 18 years old, and so and then I started okay. playing guitar in churches. Like that was how I got started. Yeah, that's like a different yeah, transition. Time. Yeah, and into and it, like all sure. of my like all of my musical uh, people around me, family, and even friends, like 
all of all of my friends, like I said, were like '90s hip hop. That was the majority of them. '90s hip hop. That's yeah. what they were into. Um, yeah. But then, like my family members were into music. It was all like Almond Brothers and Skinnerd and Thirty Eight Special yeah. and that kind of stuff. You know. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there was classic rock was definitely like a serious thing in in our town. 90s hip hop, but I feel like grunge was sort of the predominant like thing. Like, and obviously there was some like whatever Britney, uh, not Britney Spears yet. I'm like, what was the, I don't know, 90s, yeah, I'm trying to think. 90s pop stuff as well. Um, you know, Mariah Yeah, Curry, there you go. Whatever. That, that would be the, well, yeah. I got also got into like, yeah. Oh, and I, you know what? We also had some some of the pop country yeah, as well. Yeah, unfortunately, no, it's it's fine. I actually, I I low key, I say low key now, but I I adore Garth Brooks. I learned to sing, and I was just waiting. I was like, yeah. let's hear about it. I want to know about your friends in low places. <laughs> I've, I've played that song way too many times. I know. I, in bands, I don't know. I, I my familiarity at this point with like pop country is mm-hmm. very minimal, um, and I pretty much only hear it when I am like out with friends, like, and I overhear it at karaoke yeah. or something um but yeah i'm like you know we did like boots <laughs> like you know achy breaky heart like all the hits like they would have us do yep. like you'd have to dance to in gym oh class. god yeah. yeah uh that's a that's a trauma i didn't need to relive thing. um <laughs> but there was a time I remember I was so annoyed by it that i like tried to hide like a disc man in my like gym shorts with like yeah headphones and i got in trouble for that and i was not a person who i pretty straight laced in in middle school and i i not not a rule breaker not really into that whole kind of thing yeah Yeah. i for me it was you know i I loved garth brooks i loved uh actually i learned to sing and play at the same time by playing garth brooks songs um because that's that's a skill that's underrated um yeah oh yeah totally especially some stuff i still can't sing and play bass at the same time i don't know how people do that it's hard so yeah but yeah, it. But that's how it missed me. I just everybody, nobody I knew was into it, so it didn't cross my radar. That's and what you know, MTV in in my tiny little town didn't come. Like we were poor, so like it was on the like additional mm-hmm. channels you paid for. <laughs> so right. we didn't have those. Yeah, yeah. It was it was on the like modern rock station. That was like it was like modern rock and or. MTV, so it's it's hidden you at one of those. Yeah, of that those totally ways. makes sense. Actually, so I think yeah. my lack of that background and hearing grunge and hearing that movement mm-hmm. actually is what led me to like Creed way more than I should have when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? Have you guys heard this? <laughs> yeah, it's like I had a whole I had a whole moment <laughs> where like this is fucking amazing. I love it. No. Yeah, it was, yeah it was, right. It was not. Actually, I will stand by that first record. That first record was really good. After that, it just, man, just skip. Just all of it. It's just not worth it. <laughs> or like Three Doors Down came out, and I was like, yeah. Or, oh, yeah. Or the first time I heard a yeah. Bush record, they're like, what? Actually, I still like I still like Bush. That's right. fine. Um, so, yeah. So, you, you're playing guitar. You get really, really into this. So, what happened after that? Like... So I we're gonna we're gonna because I don't know your background at this point. So yeah, you start playing in bands. Like what'd you do? Yeah, I started playing bands mm-hmm. when I was sixteen. Um, I was playing in a band with my boyfriend at the time in high school. He was playing drums, so that was very yeah. convenient. And uh, you know, we had a couple of friends who had played bass for us at different points. Um, and you know, started setting up shows locally. You know. Uh, that was, I feel like, I feel like the skill of setting up shows as like a teenager is underrated as far as like job experience goes, because that does actually require a lot of organizational event planning skills that, yeah, and financial, you know, there's a lot going, going into that. But, um, anyway, so I started doing that when I was probably 16 and then started playing bass around that time too, just to, to do it. Um, and then kept playing in that band. I stayed locally for college for undergrad. And um, I got I started working at a at a uh, record store. And when I was like 18 or 18 years old mm-hmm. in college. And then that <laughs> was very fun. But the management was awful. Uh, and I'd been going to this guitar shop forever um, in, in our in my hometown. And it was actually owned by a woman, which is interesting. Yeah. And I didn't realize because it was the only one I knew at the time because we were, it's not a big town. Uh, 
She had opened it as a gift card shop in the six or a gift shop in the sixties. And then her son at some point in the sixties was like, Hey mom, maybe you should carry like <laughs> guitars. Like how about, you know, why don't you get Fender in here or something? And so she started carrying guitars and that's, that was that. And they just, you know, they morphed into a guitar shop over the years. So I've been going in there forever. And then eventually I, um, they basically, I came in there so much. They're like, Hey, would you like to be a guitar salesperson? And I was like, I don't know how to change a string. <laughs> um, so sure. Like, and they're like, we'll teach you. And I was like, cool. And then they did. And that, and that was really what, you know, I was into sure. gear before that, but I didn't know much about it. And so at that point, that's kind of when I learned everything when I was about 20. Um, that's when I kind of like really. That's pretty in. awesome. Uh, especially, you know, we yeah. talk about, <clears throat> I'm going to, so it didn't seem abnormal to you that a woman owned a music store. So you've always been in this environment where, you know, it's just a thing. <laughs> and then, then you get into yeah. the wider world and you're like, oh, oh, the demographic drops off dramatically. It's, it's wild. And, and. It's like um, I'm I'm gonna be really transparent, listeners, so you can kind of hear the story. And this is my me relating. This is my ADHD way of telling you a story that relates to the point um, that I've discovered is a thing. It's amazing how much I learn about myself in my 40s when I finally realized, you know, oh, I have ADHD. Um, and these are why I do these things. Um, but growing up, and I mean, as a little little kid, right? I remember hearing stories that you know. Uh, or like talk on TV or in the news or, you know, just people I know talking about it. You know, they talk about minorities and then they would talk about African-American population. And I remember being like five and not understanding what the hell they were talking about because I lived in a town where 70 percent was African-American. And I was like, minority, what are they talking about? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. This doesn't make sense because <laughs> that wasn't how I brought up. And so I can, I can relate mm -hmm. that, like your experience. Didn't you didn't know. And, um, yeah. And the, and the discovering gear through a music store that, cause would you have, well, I mean, it, same, same age. So I can really relate. This is great. I, I hate when I have, yeah. not, I don't yeah, hate, yeah, yeah. but when I have someone who's like <laughs> 10, 15 years younger than me on the podcast, I'm like, I can't relate to your story because <laughs> you had the internet <laughs> when you were 12. <laughs> And, and, and I had the magazine right. rack at my local gas station. That's what, that's what I had. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So that's what you had. You could read about things, but you couldn't, you know, uh, discover those things the way we discover them now. So right. you're working at this music store and this is where I, this is my favorite part. When did you become, cause we all are like gear obsessed. Like we all go through that phase. When did like really become a thing? We'll be right back. This podcast is supported in part by String Joy Strings. I'm a snob, at least that's what people tell me. I'm never okay with good enough, and that's where String Joy Strings come in. They're better than good enough. They're the best. Stranger are making some of the finest strings available today right up the road from me in Nashville, Tennessee. They offer custom sets, balanced tension, coded strings, the works. If you need it, they can probably make it happen. You should be using Stringjoy Strings, and if you're going to order from them, you really could help this podcast out by clicking the affiliate link down in the description or show notes below. You get amazing strings, I get a little bit of that back to help the show keep going. It's a win-win situation. Get your Stringjoy Strings today. I think that was that was really when okay. it started because it was like I feel like working in a store, you're just around it all the time. And also, wait a minute, I've got discounts on everything. Like, that's the other thing, yeah. you know, because then you just put all your money back into that. And it's like, why, why do I have this job? Working <laughs> in a music store is a trap. So, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's really a trap. Uh, and it was great. You know, like I got a lot of cool gear. I tried a lot of stuff. There are things that I still have and use regularly that I, you know, got while I worked there. But it's just, it was, that was it. Okay. That was really it. And then at some point I started just like watching tons of like demo videos. I remember watching like just Nick videos. Do you remember no. him? What? I don't remember his last name. He used <clears throat> to be like the guy. He was like the guy before Andy oh. was the guy. Uh, yeah, like early 2000s, I would say, kind of. Um, Interesting. He, I don't even know if he has like a bunch of his stuff still up or is not. That Nick I, did, I tried to do like a search. 
Okay. Yes, yeah. I, think so. I had to. I had to Google it because I did not know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was like I was like, oh, interesting. This is how I learn about all these petals. You know, like because we only had so many petals in Fargo, North Dakota, and then uh, yeah, and then yeah, and that that was pretty much it. So I well, I started watching those videos, and then it was all downhill. See, I I I didn't work in a music store. Never officially, I should say, I never officially worked in a music store. Although I've occasionally sold things for a music store just by being in the store, um, because I just start talking to someone. They're looking at something. They ask a question. Um, I sometimes just yeah. have that look of I work here, and I'm. It's like walking into a Best Buy wearing a blue polo. Don't do it. Just don't. Just don't do it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that was a big deal for me when I started hanging out, a friend of mine, his dad opened a music store. And so, and it was really rad and listeners have heard these stories a million times. I'm sorry, Hillary hasn't, you'll be okay. Um, (laughs) uh, Where, you know, it was, it was mostly a, it actually was at the time entirely a used music store. So it was just whatever somebody brought in to sell or what he could find to sell in the store. And so who knows what would be in the store at any given, it's still my favorite. It's still my favorite kind of music store. But you get to play some really, really rad things. Most of the stuff I bought, I bought from there. And while I did not get an employee discount, I did get friend of the owner's son discount <laughs> a lot. So <laughs> kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you end up gear obsessed. So at what point, this is now that here's the big one. At what point did you decide, I want <clears throat> to turn this guitar and gear obsession into a podcast? I want to talk about this stuff. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. So I, a lot of things happened. I moved to Rhode Island, which is where I live now. Um, And I moved there for grad school. So I I went to school for psychology and gender studies. And then I sort of continued on that path in grad school and moved out here, was playing in bands, but I was like, I'm too busy to like, you know, or do, I I mean, I was playing in bands, but I I had also heard about this concept of a girls rock camp. And, um, and I was like, wow, that sounds cool. It's like this marriage of all these things that I'm really interested in. And I was like, but I don't have time to do that because I'm in grad school. And the, basically the moment that I went and, and the moment I finished grad school, I went and volunteered at the rock camp in Brooklyn. And then I was like, we got to do this. Like, and I was talking to all my friends and I've been talking to people for a while about it, but I was like, how about for real? Let's, let's do it. And so we started a camp locally here i did that for 10 years and uh and then i was like 10 years is a long time to do that yeah it's a long time i should probably let some other people do this and not just me and also i have this like child now uh and i'm working on mostly volunteer hours with you know so i couldn't see my kid as much so it was like a number of a number of things were happening so uh i was looking for a new role and I started, you know, um, thinking about what I could do. And some of that work ended up being the kind of consulting work that I'm doing now. I'd also for years and years wanted to sort of like interview people about their experiences in gear, um, women, trans, non-binary folks. Uh, and that is, that's what I'm doing. So it's basically, it's given me the time and the space and the occasion, I guess, to sort of do these interviews that I've always wanted to do. Um, yeah, and it's yeah, and fun. see, and that's why I'm really excited to like dive in because listeners, full disclosure, I had not listened to much of of Hillary's podcast because that whole time thing. I I've yet to, I've been working for years, spending time trying to figure out how to add four more hours to my every day. Just I need four more hours, but because that's why I actually it wasn't why I started this podcast. It sort of was, but like we were in the pandemic and I needed something to do. Like I needed a musical outlet. So I started yeah. talking about gear and that lasted four episodes, but I was like, this sucks. Um, I was talking to myself about it. And then I had a guest on and I was like, Oh, wait a minute. Yes. There we go. Mm-hmm. That's it. I want to just talk to other people about musical experiences. You know, if it's about gear, it's awesome. If they're not a guitarist, I don't care. I had my friend Alice on this podcast. Who's a violinist. She's amazing. Um, so yeah, I, I can, Totally relate to that because you want to hear the stories as it relates around music. And I love the fact that you you focus on some some marginalized groups, some people who don't have a voice they normally have. It's a big deal in library land as well. We want to make sure that everybody has a voice that gets to be heard. And so it makes it very mm-hmm. difficult. It also can make it contentious uh, in some populations. Yeah. Have you- Libraries are having a rough <sighs> go. It's been a year. 
it's it's been it's yeah, been a uh, been a year. Uh, I I serve uh, in in a role in our state library association, and so it's been. It's a whole thing. We'll talk about that another time. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna we're gonna bypass that one before I say something I should not <laughs> say on a podcast that I don't know how many people in my state listen. Actually, I know how many people in my state listen to. I don't know who in my state listens to. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, it it can be contentious. Um, and and that's the thing that and it's hard for me, um, to understand. Um, how can hearing someone's story and who they are ever be contentious? Like. I, I just want to hear everybody's take on things. There's some perspectives you're not getting if you're just talking to people like mm-hmm. you and listening to people like you. And that's why I really love, like from the the episode I, I was listening to today, <clears throat> um, which is like in the grand scheme of your podcasts, uh, in the deeper subjects that it gets into today, the one I was listening to today is like the most mundane. It's Nam. Hey, let's talk about the, the most exciting things you <laughs> saw. And we're going to get into Nam here in a second because I'm curious. You're the first person I've yeah. talked to since Nam happened who went to Nam. So, so we're, ah, I want to hear some of those okay. stories. But um, those voices are so important, and I'm so glad that there are people out there focusing on them. And and you know, I can only I do as much as I can. It's not the focal point of my podcast, but it's one of those things that I try to mm-hmm. be really conscious of, like make sure I have uh, lots of varied guests on here to talk about their experiences and what they're going through. Um, I don't know. I, it, this is just me saying I love the idea and I love what you're doing in my super Thanks. long-winded verbose way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's – you know, it's interesting because there is different ways that people can get in. I think there is – a lot of people are like, I don't know why you have to like separate things. Like, why is everything separate? And it's not even that it's separate. It's just that like when you're trying to make change and like try and create this space where voices are included, in some cases it is useful to have those amplified in particular spaces so that that, that they then can f- be more comfortable to be included in other spaces. Um, and yeah, and that's just part of the, that's just part of how it works. Um, and I think particularly part of the motivation for me was to have a space where it's like, okay, clearly, (laughs) you know, representation, not so great in most of the industry. So like if somebody wanted to do a good job and they're like, boy, I wonder what people think about this. Like what do, what do women trans non-binary people think about this? Like you can come here and you're going to hear those experiences and you know, that's what you're going to hear. So I would, for me, the motivation is partly like manufacturers, retailers, whoever, like they can, you know, individual musicians, all of those, like they can just come and have a listen and be like, okay, like, I feel like I have a, I'm able to get these new uh, viewpoints from, from folks that I might not otherwise be hearing from. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's a conversation I actually had this, this weekend uh, with, with, uh, with someone um, really close to me. And I had this conversation about, uh, they basically asked that same question. Why do you have to separate things? Why they got to be, you know, and it's, and it's, you know, it's one of those very difficult things to explain and, and at the risk of the angry reviews that I'm going to get, you know, talking about this kind of thing, because they're inevitable. And I'm really curious about your experience in this here in just a second. Um, at the risk of the negative reviews, listeners, those of you that support me and like this podcast, please go leave a good review to counteract all of the negative ones I'm about to receive. Um, we, I talked <laughs> about the, the importance of understanding the difference in equality and equity. And how, yes, in an in a truly equal society, it, we wouldn't have to separate these things. That shouldn't have to be a thing. But because it's been yeah. the way it's been for so long, we have to spend extra intentional time talking about and propping up and amplifying voices that have been marginalized so that maybe one day we do get to a point where we don't have to talk about those right. things anymore. We don't have to separate right. people. Right now we do because they right. were for so long. And we're, we're trying to, we're doing our part to correct some of that and give some people the the opportunity to be heard they have not had. Right. And that's yeah. the goal, right? So like that's, that's where we want to be. And because as you're saying, like because we're not there yet, that's why this other thing has to exist. And, you know, some people are comfortable you know in spaces other people are like "Mm, not i'm not ready like you know for whatever reason and so it's like some people might be able to do it and then other people then you know people see that and they're like well they can do it well why can't these people do it and you're like well it's everybody's different i don't i mean 
<laughs> I don't know what you want to do about that. So yeah, some people are able to do it. Some people aren't. Some people need a little more support. And that's that's absolutely right. I experience this on the podcast regularly where, you know, some people hey, come on and they open up and they're great. And, and then some people come on and like, I don't know about this guy yet. I'm not sure how I feel about this. <laughs> and, and sometimes it takes a little while and, you know, and, and yeah. It, everyone's a little different. You can't explain. You got to remember people like to over overly generalize by looking at, at a whole group. And then you're like, yeah, but when you come down to these smaller experiences, you're talking about a person who has their own insecurities, mm-hmm. their own challenges, their own difficulties, their or their own strengths and their own, you know, maybe they're a loud mouth like me yeah. and they just talk way too freaking much. And that's great. Hear those stories. Um, do you find, I'm really curious about any pushback you've gotten, any like flack in the, in in the industry or listenership or social media? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the main, that's the main one is just people being like, I don't know why this has to Mm. be separate. Um, that's the main one. I think sometimes it's like, that's, you get that or then you're like, well, people are like, well, everything is like equal now, you know, like they think we're post that. And that's the other thing. Like. Uh, you're like, well, <laughs> Fender put out three signature guitars or something, and they're like, well, we're done. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah. You know. Uh, I, so. I I love that argument, not only because, and and it's neither here nor there. Um, I'm an, uh, those who listen to this podcast know, and I'm, I'm an unabashed Gibson fanboy. Have been for a long time. That doesn't mean I don't call them out on their bad behavior, um, because I do. Because that's who I am as a person, because I want you to be great. I yeah. want Fender to be great. We need them to be great, to be honest. But it was like Fender put a lot of energy into a campaign where they said, we're going to amplify like people of color and and women artists and, and trans artists. And like we're going to be really diverse. Put out three models. Meanwhile, Gibson and Epiphone like put out six, seven, eight. And while it's still mm-hmm. not enough, it's still... They beat you and you said you were going to do something. They just did it. Come on. You know, it's like, and it's not like, it's not like we haven't had, um, you know, marginalized groups. I, I, I'm trying to find the right term. It's like, there's so many different groups I want to include in this and I'm not good. I'm not good at the terminology. Sure. Um, so, but so many underrepresented groups in the music industry that it's not like they had to look hard. It, there are so many right. options like, what is taking you so – anyway, I'm going to rant. This right, right. No, no. I mean, and it, it's like I – I mean, yeah, there are so many options. There are so many mm-hmm. awesome people that you could be featuring, you know. And I, I know that Gibson in particular is like, how many slash guitars do you need? But it's like, yeah. you know, uh, I, I, I also play several Gibsons, but it's like I think the – the thing with Gibson is that, like, I think because there is this, like, stereotype around the aesthetic yeah. of the instrument that they have had a harder time getting over that. And then I've also noticed one of the things is that they're putting out more signature guitars, but a lot of the signatures they're putting out are, like, acoustic yeah, yeah. as well. So that's, like, a whole other conversation. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I'm saying. Like, I'm like, there are some cool things that are getting put out, and I do feel like they're making some real moves which is which is great but i think there's i know like i noticed one of the things that i do first when i'm checking to be like is the company like on like are they doing this for realsies or are they like you know is it just a front is that i will go and look at the comments so like i'll go to go to their page and be like okay let me find a woman or like a person of color uh and see what the comments are and if they're managing their comments appropriately that means they're in it it's not yeah. just for show because they actually care about the person that they're that they're putting on display and the, and the people who are, you know, what, looking at this. Because it's like if you're a woman or a person of color and you have, you know, have your image being used by a company for something and then it's just a total just. It's a facade. Just awful. It's a marketing yeah, campaign no, no, at like, that point. But it, yeah. But if you go to like the comments and they're just like awful and you're like. I can't believe I'm reading these. I want to gouge my eyes out. Like that is the sign that they are not paying enough attention. Like it's really just for show because they're not willing to put in the effort to actually clean up the comments um, so that other people who are reading it aren't going to be like, wow, I guess I should never go on the internet because, uh, or show myself playing guitar because that's what's going to happen. See, because that's, Um, that's who I like. I have learned like, and, and, 
that's such an interesting perspective that I'm I'm going to take away from this and pay more attention because I have avoided the comment section of everything like the plague. <laughs> it's it's yeah. terrible. Um, and so I I put these up on YouTube, correct? Right. I I put these episodes yeah. up on YouTube. They're video, at least for the main episode. You Patreon supporters, you get an audio extra episode. I'm not going to do video for those. I'm sorry. I love y'all, but that's that's a lot of extra work. Um, but. The only videos I've ever had to clean up comments on on YouTube have been with female guests every single freaking time. So if you're out there listening and you're like, oh, it didn't happen. That's not big a deal. I am a tiny YouTube channel. Tiny. I think I I think at time of recording, I have 500 some odd uh, subscribers like this is a podcast that has a YouTube channel like YouTube's an afterthought for me. Um, So tiny. And I get them on my videos with yep. my interviews with with female guests. And I'm like, if I'm getting them, and I've talked to other other guests I've had and other women in the industry, and the the joke, I'm going to use air quotes, um, the joke about what their inboxes look like, their private messages, mm-hmm. as, there's no joking about it. It's brutal. And yeah. it, so I've, I've learned that I stay out of the comment section, but apparently I need to pay more attention. I should. Because that's more telling than I wanted to believe. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, there's lots of there there are so many Mm -hmm. signs, but that is for me the first one that I look to. Like, 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 is this is this company legit legitimately making effort or not, Uh, or is it just for show? So it's (coughs) like, and I know it's not a fun thing to do to like pop in and read that stuff because, like, for my own mental health, I'd be better off not reading them, but. I feel like partly for my job and just, you know, like what I do, I feel like it's important yeah. to, to do yeah, that. It, and so, so yeah. it, and that's, that's an interesting thing that, cause we were talking about Gibson and, and I do think they're trapped in their tradition a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I've only recently learned like the whole slash thing. That was a head scratcher for me. Like, cause don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I liked Guns N' Roses. It was fine. Um, I like slash. I don't really have anything issue. I also like Jack Daniels and top hats. It's great. Um, but <laughs> We have so much right. in common. Um, I also have super curly hair. If I grow it out, it's great. I, I miss my long hair. Sorry, it's 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 a way too long. Sorry, this is going to be a super tangent for just a moment. I have to tell this story. My hair is super long right now because um, I have this thing. It's like a it's a, a hang up about people cutting my hair. Like I'm in my mm. 40s and I can count on barely two hands the number of people who have ever cut my hair. It's like I find someone and that's my person. Um, Yep. And I have two in town. And one I try not to bug right now because she is pregnant and busy growing a human. And and she cuts my hair free of charge. And I love her to death. She used to sing in a band with me. And um, she's wonderful. Um, But the other person I had worked at the salon and she left. She didn't tell me. And I don't know where she is now. So like, so my hair is way too long. And now I'm on that point where I'm like, well, do I just grow it out? Do I just quit trying at this point and just grow it back out? Uh, (laughs) I mean, I think it looks good. It's it's finally at that point where it looks decent now. Um, It went through a rough period. And it'll, if if I grow it back out, (laughs) we won't talk about about it. it. If I let it grow out anymore, it'll go through another rough period where it's like right Mm. before you can pull it in a ponytail, it goes through a rough period. Yeah. So it's a whole other thing. I'm sorry for the side. I'm so sorry for that tangent, listeners. But so the slash thing. But then I learned holy shit, do they sell a ton of those guitars overseas? Oh, really? Like South America freaking (laughs) love slash. So it's like a Latin America, South America thing. They buy the hell out of those guitars. So it's a business decision. It's not a, oh, this guy needs another signature guitar. It's a, oh, we make this model so we can keep doing this. I, yes, but also featuring a wide range of people is a business decision as well. Uh, because like if you don't have any more customers because everyone quits playing guitar because it's their it's their grand granddad's featuring one yeah. person yeah exactly uh like that's it is a thing yeah, I do so. like uh, one thing that they did that I feel like isn't talked about and and this is this is me mm-hmm. wearing the fanboy on the shoulder a little bit I get the I get the Gibson press releases um for whatever reason um 
I'm probably signed up on some list that I didn't know I signed up for because that's what happens when you go to NAM. By the way, they get your email address and like you get all these emails. <laughs> Good luck unsubscribing. Um, but I get this Gibson one, and they they also do. And I wish I could. I'm not going to try to pull it up live. But they've been doing this program that's like a two year program where they pick young guitarists from around the world of different uh, cultures and backgrounds and, and demographics to put into this yeah. like mentorship program. And it's really cool. And like, there's a part of me that's like, I think it's cool that you don't hear more about it. Cause they're not trying to be like, Hey, look at us. We're doing the thing. Mm -hmm. But then right. there's a part of me that's yep. also like, you should talk about this because you're right. doing the thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, and also, like, people should know about those right. artists, probably. Like, I would assume that's part of the deal. Yeah, you're hoping these uh, kids will grow yeah. up. They'll they'll go through this progress, and they'll play Gibson guitar. It's it's a business decision. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they they had donated some guitars to our camp. I'm not, like, since mm -hmm. I've been there, they've don donated some guitars to the camp. Like, I think, you know, we had, our campers had the opportunity. I was teaching a guitar class, and the students got to play with Solis at the New York oh, so Festival. Cool. Like, yeah. So, like, that's cool. And that was a Gibson thing. So, I'm not, I yeah. mean, like, they're doing some cool stuff. Like, that's not 100% the situation. It's more like I'm partly recognizing that there are, like, I think they have a, they've had more that they've had to sort of, like, bump up against in yes. the process of, of, of that. Uh, of of making change, I, so, I agree. They they yeah. they and uh, the I met JC, who is now not the C CEO anymore. But at the time I met him, he was, and and I met Mark, and that was one of the things they talked about is how challenging dealing with their player base, their fan base is, like how mm -hmm. steeped in tradition. Uh, I'll tell the story, then I promise, listeners, we'll get off of Gibson. I promise, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> This is yeah, the yeah. This is podcast. no. We're gonna we're gonna move on because there's so many other cool things to talk about. Because you went to Nam, and I'm so sad I didn't. I really missed out. Um, but they um, I was talking to Mark, and they were talking about they try to collect you know samples of some of their vintage guitars to get these big like incredible laser scans so they can get all the details right. And I said, oh yeah, because I mean it makes sense. You're making reissues of these instruments. You want to make sure you get the dimensions right. Mm -hmm. He said, oh no, no. He said we're we're past that at this point. He said we've got like 81 scans of 58 less balls. Like we could Whoa. we could remake all the dimensions of those. He said now we're just trying to get the font right on the poker chip around the switch because people get mad at us if the font is incorrect. Whoa. Like, if you want to understand how ridiculous yeah. some of the Gibson purists are, they care right. about the fucking font. Right. It's right. dumb. That's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. I don't care. You can uh, you can literally use Comic Sans and I won't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's a no. step too far. <laughs> Actually, please. I need to. I'm going to order one now. I know there's. Although if they had, yeah, if they had like papyrus, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, so moving on, moving off Gibson and, and it's one of those things to go back where we were. It's like Fender, come on, step it up. You, you actually promised, you said you were going to do things. Yeah. Um, and other brands are doing, doing really cool things around this and not as much. We want to see more. So, but there's, there's a whole lot more. And this is the kind of thing that like literally you and I are going to have some other conversations, not on the podcast about this kind of thing. Cause this is the kind of thing that fires me up. I get really excited about. Uh, yeah. And I actually have some other things I want to throw at you. But um, so you went to Nam. I want to hear like yeah. I heard I was listening to you interviewing folks like Steve from 60 Cycle Hum. And like you had Emily and mm -hmm. you had Joe uh, from Pedal Playhouse. And you had, a, you know, it, it's funny. I care more about them than like the creators that you had. Like you had some folks from some, some <laughs> cool places. I get it. Like you had the guy from Seymour Duncan talking about their Bluetooth switch. Yeah. That I don't give a shit about. Um, it's like. I wish I cared about it. I wish I did. Listen, I'm. It is cool technology. I didn't get to try it, but uh, but I. It's you know. It yeah, I, I cool. just officially. I mean, Seymour Duncan will never I, sponsor this podcast now, but yeah. I think. I mean, it's it's a. I I did. I, I was like while he was describing it, I was like, this seems very yeah. cool. That's that was really it. I did not get a chance. It seems to try super it, so. cool, but also I know that that technology is kind of bonkers in a way where I'm like, I remember when. Um, like TC Electronic started doing those like the tone print and I was like what <laughs> like I don't understand like we're living in yeah, the future like my phone uh, can make yeah. noises and it changes my pedal settings right. <laughs> what right 
Yeah. Yeah, no, but at the same time, it's the same way that I thought the microcosm was super cool and still think the microcosm is super cool. But I also, I bought one and played it. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this. I do not know. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I actually have a a Chase Bliss Gen Loss, uh, the new one. I actually bought that Mm -hmm. from Joe. Um, And um, (laughs) she sold it to me and I got it in. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this, but this is awesome. I I did find a use. Um, When I play slide guitar through it, it sounds like old blues records. And it's like. Yes, oh, it's, yeah, that's it's so super cool. cool. That's a great use of that. But mm-hmm. so you had all these folks talking about their favorite things <clears throat> from Nam, and I haven't finished the podcast because I had work today and a board meeting after. Um, but what was your favorite thing you saw? What excited you? Oh, boy. Uh, now I have to go back to uh-huh. my brain. I, it's funny. I got to ask the questions and no one right. asked me, so I didn't have to answer. Um, shoot. Let me think. Um, I liked, I, I liked, I'm like, I feel like I also didn't even get to play that much stuff. <laughs> well, uh, just based on, just play... based on the part I was able to hear the first half of that podcast, yeah. it sounds like you were so busy talking to people and getting their takes on things. You barely had time to get your own take. That's accurate. That's generally accurate. I'm like, I don't know. We got to We had time to talk about this. Like, so I, I don't really get to play that much, unfortunately. But I, I did play I did play the new Alexander Ooh. pedal before it was like released the phase. Yeah. Phaser. Um, that was really cool. I played um, <clears throat> I got to play a few of the uh, summer school electronics pedals. Those are really cool. I just like his naming schemes um, a lot. <laughs> they're really good yeah yeah i just uh i i got the science fair and i was very excited about that it was such a cool idea with the like rat on one side and the tube screamer on the other side and you blend them together uh, so smart that's for a guy like me that's like my first two pedals were a rat and a tube screamer and i completely yeah. didn't understand the rat and i kept the tube screamer but like that's that's a nostalgia <laughs> trip for me like there's the dual yeah. pedal we need it's it's like it's saving people a lot of space on their board if that's their jam, yeah. you know. Uh, bigger pedals, bigger tone. I've always um. said this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm like there must. I'm like I'm really trying to dig in, and I'm, I'm like totally blanking on everything that I tried. No, you're fine. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, podcast. That's all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, it's it, it, literally that can only remember like three things that I played. Well, it was like Steve said. Um, he's like, you know, the gear's fine. But it's the people, like getting to see people again. Yeah. Did it, did it sort yeah, of feel yeah. like it was, it was this like coming back to things moment? Because it did. And it, it felt that way a little bit last year, too. I feel like there were more people this year than there were mm. last year um, to some degree. And so that was cool, even though it was pretty much the same size, yeah. I think. Like it was still there was no basement. There was like a lot of the side stuff was missing, ups, you know. Fender and Gibson right. weren't there, whatever. Like, uh, so it was still missing a lot of stuff, but it did feel slightly more full than before. Or there were more companies that I was expecting to be there that were yeah. there that were not there last year. So well, that's yeah. a bonus. But it, it was it's. It, I feel like it is that nice thing where it's like you get to see these people that you see once a year, and you you know it's a nice it's a nice opportunity to get to hang out with folks that you like only see on the internet so yeah, yeah it's i the my only nam experience still is 2021 summer nam which was oh that's like a wild only yeah i'm not i'm not gonna like. try to whistle that old west like you know tumbleweed in the in the street kind of yeah. thing but that's what it felt yep. like but it was great i got to i got to meet a lot of people that i only knew like i was still a i mean right. i'm still a baby podcast but i was a baby baby podcast i'd not even been on for like seven months at that point right and so it was great to meet some people do some things to have some conversations and it was chill which was good because it wasn't overwhelming um this year i was bummed to miss it i was so excited that it was going to be happening again and then it happened on the same weekend as a blues festival that i have played every year Mm. since it existed and so i Mm -hmm. i had to make a choice between the two and i'm like i'm gonna go play the blues festival that's what i'm gonna do um I am planning to be there next year. We'll see. I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. Uh, rumor, <laughs> I promised we'd get away from Gibson. <clears throat> Gibson said they're coming back. Rumor is anyway. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. I think also it's like there's been because of the timing of Nam has been slightly mm-hmm. different. And now it's kind of coming back to the regular January time frame. And I think that it won't really be, you won't really be able to get like a normal read on it probably until 2020. 
25. Yeah, I heard you say that. Because this is still, yeah, it's like this is still like nine months, whereas like it's like you're used to being a full year. So I don't know if some people are really like, it's so soon. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't I'm know. really hoping, and I don't know if it's going to happen because this is selfish hoping. I'm hoping the summer will happen again in Nashville once it's back on the regular schedule. Mm. One, it's close. Yeah. I can Nashville's yeah. it's a four-hour like, drive too. for me. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's like right, yeah. Um, but I want it to be close. Um, also, I hear I can't go on my prior experience, but I've heard that the Nashville Nam show is a little more guitar centric, whereas you know the LA ones mm. everything. It's big, big time yep. everything. Or Anaheim people in LA get mad when you don't get that correct. <laughs> um, but the the Nashville show is very guitar centric. And so that's yeah. a, that's what I'm hoping because that would be my every year more than the big one would be if it if it can get back to what it used to be if it's going to be what that thing in yeah. 2021 was I'm never going but I'm not going to go back to that I don't know if they're going to do it again after that yeah maybe that's they will. I don't maybe know maybe or, or it's yeah. going to make me drive make me I'm not going to drive it fly to California uh, <laughs> every year it's a long drive um, yeah it'll be it's a good time uh, but I really like. Um, I like that it happened. I like that it's happening. I like the positive vibes I'm getting out of people that went to it this past year. I feel yeah. like that was not the case year and a half ago, whenever the last one was. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it, because I think it was a shock. And this time people are like, oh, okay, I see where we're yeah. going with this. Like they knew what to expect a little bit more. So I feel like the, the maybe their expectations were tempered a little bit. Um it was interesting because I also went to the um, the effector market that that folks did. There was like a I don't know if you heard about this. There was like kind of off site. There was a number of pedal builders that had kind of a smaller little situation, like a sandwich shop. Ooh. Um, so it was like it was like Chase Bliss, Caroline, uh, electric electronic audio experiments. Um, who else? Uh, Empress Maris. Um, I think I think that was it. I'm probably forgetting someone, but uh, that was it was just a, a much smaller yeah. event. So I actually got to like talk to people, you know, like there were places to sit. I got a right. sandwich. You know what I mean? Um, and I know that <laughs> I know that Nam frowned upon that. <laughs> well, they can uh, suck it. No, I'm sorry. That's really rude. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to mute that. But, but I, yeah, it's uh, that's well, that's been my oh, oh, sorry. It's this is my anger moment. This whole old school mentality, this like however many year old Nam mentality is that they're like, you know, we're this. It's going to cost this much. You can't sell on the floor. Mm -hmm. You've got to be this, this like. Hey, I don't know if they know, but it's 2023. Like, we're mm. not that anymore. Like, quit thinking you're the only show in town. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, I mean, I. Yeah, I think that it is a nice space to get to try lots of different yeah. stuff in a short period of time, meet up in person with lots of people. And I do think there's value to meeting people yeah. in person. Um, and so I get that. But also, like, you know, the companies that didn't need to be there didn't need, you know, they're like, we're fine. We, you know, like we had a great year. Uh, I get that. I get that they wouldn't want to spend the money did, to do did that. Did Fender have so, a great year? Yeah. Did did Fender have a great year? That's another question. I don't know. Fender's never going to sponsor this podcast either, but that's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, but because that's my question. I mean, laid off an entire shift, and anyway, neither not going to go there. Um, did you have a great year, CEO? That said, you'll never go back to Nam if these things don't happen. Um, so, I mean, if you want to come on the podcast and talk about it, I'm happy to have that conversation. Um, not that they'll ever listen to this. So. It, but you're right. There are brands that don't need to be there. They just don't. And, and I, I love the idea of it being what it was supposed to be and vendors getting to meet these people, make these deals, or, or at least get to know these brands and find. And they don't yeah. have the distraction of the big brands, you know, keeping them from finding some really amazing smaller builders, smaller companies. Um, yep. like all of the, the builders you've talked about already, it's like a lot of those folks are not on the shelves in the average guitar store in mm. podunk, you know, I, I can't call Fargo, North Dakota podunk, but, uh, podunk <laughs> Starkville, Mississippi, where I am, you know, um, mm -hmm. my dealer just recently, uh, in the last couple of years who goes to Nam almost every year, um, just recently started calling, uh, carrying Catlin bread. That's a banner day for us. Right. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
That's yeah. a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right there, uh, right next to MXR, and that's it. Right. They didn't even carry Boss. So, you know, I, I think one of their employees listens to this podcast. Listen, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love y'all. I really do. Y'all are a great shop. But um, it's, I, I want to see a change. I've talked about it on the podcast before, so I won't go into like massive detail. I'd love to see a change, though, where they sort of embrace a little more of the guitar show aspect Mm -hmm. a little more of that vibe than this like stodgy Mm -hmm. old school still still set aside create a space where the the vendor these makers and builders can meet with these shops and and the people are going to retail and sell their stuff but also understand that this also kind of needs to be a spectacle this like Mm -hmm. add in more shows add in a guitar show element where people can come buy tables and set up and sell right there wherever they are could you imagine if they added a guitar show element how big that would be (laughs) yeah Uh, and just let anybody who wanted to buy a you know four hundred dollar table to sell their guitars and i'd love that i would drive across country with random guitars that are behind me and just see what i could do um yeah i don't know that's that's that. Yeah, it's a totally it's a different vibe. And it's just like, I think, you know, I'd be curious to see the direction and the conversations that they're having. Yeah, um, I'd love to be a fly on that. For wall. sure. I'd absolutely love yeah. to hear the conversations about, OK, guys, what is what is next year? What is January? What is, you know, eight mm-hmm. months from now going to look like? Um, that'd yeah. be great. That'd be great to know. Did I, I got that math right? That's impressive. Um uh, listen, I'm a musician. I count to four. Um, so I, we're, we're nearing the end of the regular episode, and we're going to go over to the Patreon episode. We're going to talk a whole bunch more. We're going to talk about um, we're, we're going to talk about some of the things you've done in consulting work. We're going to talk about some of the things like the guitar camp. I love these things that are popping up, by the way, guitar camps. I really want to talk about things like the School of Rock and those kinds of other very cool things yeah. they're doing. Um, but first we've got to get ready to exit the episode. Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. I've already named y'all by name. I'm not going to do it again. So I'm not Blake, although I stole most of this format from Blake over at the tone mob. He knows this. (laughs) I've had him on the podcast. I told him, told him myself. Um, and I, I, I'm trying to steal one more element, like the classic question. He does his classic questions. Uh, I don't care what your favorite boss pedal is because everybody knows the, the best boss pedal ever made was the auto wall. Um, just that's done. Um, and everybody also knows the best pizza is obviously pepperoni and, and jalapeno. Um, <laughs> but what I want to know, I'm more interested in like you as a guitarist and a gear, you know, fanatic. What's, what's the thing you're targeting next? What are you gassing for? Oh, what do you God. want? Okay. Uh, I have an extensive reverb watch list. Uh, well curated. <laughs> I, fe- I felt <laughs> that really, really deeply. Do. I felt that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, the things that keep coming up that I'm like, ugh, like every time, forever, I've wanted to get a Galleon Kruger 800 RB. Yes. Amp. Uh, just they're so cool and they sound and perfect. They are the greatest cheap. sound. And they're cheap, and they don't yeah. weigh that much. Uh, they're they're basically the perfect amp. Um, so anyway, I for when I play bass, I would like to have that. Or sometimes I play a split signal guitar with like octave going into bass amp, and so that that would be nice yeah. for that. Um, anyway, it's been on my list for a long time. The other thing is a Rickenbacker six fifty C, which is they're kind of a weird specific – I don't even know. They were made in like the late 90s to like mid-2000s. Yeah. Listeners, um, this is the sound of me Googling it so I know what I'm looking at. <laughs> uh, I've never had a Rickenbacker. Though there's a couple of models in particular that I really like and that is one of them. Huh. Um, yeah. It's just – it's very plain looking. Uh, there's one that's like – they make one that's like black with like a – kind of a silver and then like a maple neck and i just love it i there don't know there is one it's... currently on reverb with that exact yeah. actually yeah you know, is there a couple no there's one you know what because i'm following <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. so you and 17 other people well you and 16 other people yeah. or 17 watchers on this mm. uh posted yeah. two days ago and uh i know yeah it just popped up and every time i see it i'm just like ah 
Oh, the other thing, a Reverend Air Sonic. Oh. Um, which is like one of those reverends that basically has like holes in it that look like F holes, uh, but that it's an actual hole yeah. in the guitar. It's a solid body guitar. Uh, that's another one. That's reverend's one reverend's one of those companies that I think, and 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 I think I've talked about them on the podcast before. I've had I've played a couple, and I've had one. I had a Sensei Junior at one point, or was it just called mm. a Sensei? And mm-hmm. it was like a Junior because it's a one pickup thing. Okay, and for me yep. that that neck didn't do it for me. There was like a weird thing with the. It's a specific yeah, type and of the neck. edges didn't roll over, so there's like this like ninety mm. degree thing on the edge to the fretboard. Yeah, I have been told. That was either an anomaly or like a thing with that model. And like other people have said, okay, the necks don't feel like that always. So I'm like, because I love okay. their design aesthetic. Yeah, they're, they're cool. And they, they're it, different. they have a very specific thing. Yeah. And they, mm-hmm. they just look different. And that's as someone, you, you frequent listeners know that I'm a boomer trapped in a millennial's body. I'm a traditionalist. <laughs> um, uh, I like the traditional shapes, but I love what Reverend is doing. And they're making some of the coolest guitars that still fly under the radar. Yeah. Yeah, they're cool. And that I yeah, that's another one I've been following for a while. I'm like, one of these days <laughs> gonna gonna actually Yeah, you'll do see it. one pop up at the right yeah. price. It'll yep. be one of those I, I I've had this happen far too often, hence um where it's like, oh, that's the I would be dumb to not buy it price. Right. Yep. That's what you're waiting yep. on. That's tough. Yeah. Yep. Well, Hillary, this has been fantastic. I've really enjoyed talking to you and having you on the podcast. Um Absolutely, we'll have to do this again at some point. Totally. Um, and uh, listeners, make sure you go over and check out Midriff Podcast. Follow Hillary Midriff on. Uh, well, the links are all down below because I'm not going to say it right. Y'all expect way too much out of me. Um, yeah, links are all down below in the description or in the show notes. Uh, besides Instagram and uh, the podcast, are you anywhere else they should follow you and find you? That's that's pretty much it. You can find oh, me there. Awesome. Thanks yeah, so much. Hillary, it's been great, and uh, hopefully we'll do it again soon. Um, Sounds awesome. good. And for the rest of you listeners, thank you so much for your time. Uh, and Patreon supporters, thank you for your support. It means the world to me. In the meantime, until we talk again, be good to yourselves, be kind to each other, and make some noise. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by the supporters of 40 Watt Podcast over on Patreon. Go over to patreon.com slash 40 Watt Podcast, where for as little as $3 per month, you can help support the podcast and get every episode ad-free. For $5 a month, you'll get every episode ad-free as well as a bonus episode every week. I can't overstate how thankful I am for the support of my patrons and hope you'll consider joining the team and helping keep this show on the road.